About a swinging bird not far from the gate Run by a cat by the name of Will And everyone calls him Will the Thrill That was written for me by this band called The Moon Rays out of Chicago And they, I, I didn't meet them until years later But they contacted me a long time ago And they knew, they heard about Thrillville And they wanted to write music for it So uh, it's on their album called uh, uh, The Ghouls Go Rest West, which just got re-released as a, an LP. It was on CD originally. So there's a jingle version on my website. If you go to thrillville.net on the front page, there's the version that was played before my live shows, and Monica and I would come out and dance to it. Well, that makes it official. You're my first guest to have their own theme music. <laughs> Folks, there's a link to that Moonways album in the show notes. Or, if you're not using a podcast player, go back to the website where you download the show, and you'll see the show notes there. The series with Will the Thrill started in episode 106. Go to the show archive to catch up. I, I heard you earlier talk about Slipstream. I just wanted to, uh, so it was the term Slipstream for me, uh, it was introduced to me at a writer's workshop, and it's based on the movie Slipstream. And the movie Slipstream was about a, a tricky dystopian movie about the... Uh, airstream on earth being reversed and it was causing all these weird effects so it was a mixture of science fiction and dystopian and i think it's sort of like about barbarianism that was happening as well so the idea of slipstream is you're is merging multiple different genres together and creating something new which is totally what you do when you're taking noir pulp and uh and then you're like mixing that all together to create a uh, some pretty rocking stories. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Who was in Slipstream? I'll look that up. It sounds familiar, uh, by the way. But anyway, yeah. So I discovered kind of retroactively. That's kind of what I'm doing. If you want to, if you want to describe it in, in a term that people can understand. But yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, 1989 Slipstream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see that one, but I've heard of it. But uh, yeah. And then there was a couple other terms that that kind of describe my work, and I can't even think of them. Because, like I said, I was just being myself, and sometimes you're acc right. accidentally trendy. And you are. So, for example, when I go to the website, you're at the thrillville.net. Uh, I was looking over at the covers, and, and they're all... You're, you're leveraging the, the, if you will, ancient wisdom of pulp fiction from the 1920s and 30s, and, uh, and those cover styles, and then... Uh, providing something of interest to to uh, to th those of us who really int are interested in, you know, a little walk on the wild side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's why I call it existential pulp. And that's why I also uh, relate a lot to the work of David Lynch, because he also 
kind of created his own genre, which is just Lynchian. He 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 doesn't really he does some there's, there's elements of horror and noir and, and but he does his own thing. And, and when I sit down to write, that's what I'm doing. I'm not really constricted by any particularly boundaries or preconceptions of any specific genre. I just write how I feel it, and I just let my imagination go wild. And uh, I have a number of short stories published in various anthologies and and and. Generally, they're from editors who solicit my work because they know they know what I do, and that's what they're looking for. So, uh, in a way, I've kind of carved out my own niche. Um, I mean, it's not that well known, except amongst an exclusive audience, as they said in Spinal Tap. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm proud of it, and I'm happy with it, and it's exactly what I want to be doing. That's awesome. So few people know exactly what they want to be doing, and it's a, maybe it's a long journey to get there. But I, I, I can see you've developed this uh, this style for quite a, over a, lo- a large number of years. I'm 56, and I started riding Chumpy Walnut when I was 16. There you go. So, uh, yeah, but I really, it really, since I moved to Seattle five years ago, I've gotten much more prolific and productive because I actually, I actually moved here from California because I hate the sun. Um, <laughs> so I actually find the climate here very uh, inspirational, and uh, it's quiet. I left a lot of drama behind the Bay Area. I miss my friends, but I'm much more comfortable and at home here in Seattle. So I have another friend from the LA area, and he's he, his nickname is Tiki Al. He may, maybe he even goes by that on the internet. But wait a minute, uh, he he carves tiki's and stuff, and he's a prop maker for movies. And uh, his last name? I think I know that guy. It's the guy I'm thinking of. Al. Zequeria. It's a tough one. This Z E Q U E. I think I know him. I think he knows me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Tiki is a small, worldwide but tightly knit community. Where I was going with this is is uh, I think your experience in California it, it has helped create a lot of this because he's in he's in California. He's big into Tiki. Um, I don't think that's a very outside of California. I don't know. Okay, so tiki bars do exist outside of California. I get that, but but uh, honestly, I, a lot of creative people live in California as well. And uh, and and Al likes to call it the dream, the city of dreams, which is which is uh, um, L.A. Um, yeah. So you guys all kind of like are an echo chamber to each other, raising the bar on what does it mean to be creative, and you create this sort of this this culture of of well, in your case, a, a pulp style. Uh, uh, a pulp yeah i'm not quite sure how to finish that thought but <laughs> but there's something going on in california and i see you as very similar in in, in, in many ways as tiki al and uh and you're doing your own thing he's doing his own thing and uh i know, I know exactly who tiki al is he does makes tiki mugs and stuff and then crazy al is the guy i'm thinking of he carves tiki's as well so i think there's two owls we're talking about but i'm i i know crazy out pretty well i'm pretty sure i know tiki as well but but going to what you're saying is that the whole tiki movement as it's called now uh started back with uh a zine called tiki news about you know 25 years ago created by otto von stroheim from california this kind of dovetailed with the whole lounge swing revival that happened in the mid 90s so tiki bars by then had kind of like faded from the popular consciousness but bands like the cramps were collecting old exotica albums by martin denny and les baxter so this was an underground thing bubbling up in tandem with like betty page mania and stuff like that and then tarantino's pulp fiction came out in 94 and while it wasn't itself retro it revived interest in pulp fiction and and writers of pulp so this all kind of happened at the same time and i was already into all this rat pack tiki 
noir stuff anyway. So, like, again, I was accidentally trendy for a while. But California, though, still is the hotbed of tiki bars. I mean, the Bay Area alone has, like, seven new tiki bars in the last few years. And and, Uh and Forbidden Island was kind of at the forefront of that revival because it went open, like, over 10 years ago. And, and in fact, uh, the Mai Tai, which I'm sure a lot of people don't know, was invented in Oakland, California, not in Hawaii or anything. And I I have a short story called uh, A Hot night at hickey dinks in a in a collection called mixed up which is class fiction and cocktail recipes that kind of recounts the story about bergeron uh um of uh, trader vicks vic bergeron i'm sorry i'm still thinking of tko uh vic bergeron who uh founded trader vicks but before that it was hickey dinks on san pablo avenue in oakland and in 1944 he created what what was the original Mai Tai. And my short story, of course, has a vampire in it, but I get a naked female vampire, but I'm just obsessed <laughs> with female vampires. So I took some liberties. But, nice. uh, and, and I was part of the campaign to have the Mai Tai declared the cocktail of Oakland. And my slogan was Oakland, home of the Mai Tai, not just the drive-by. But they didn't have to. But well, we did have Mai Tai Day declared officially in Oakland. Because uh, most people did not know the Mai Tai was invented in Oakland. Uh, so, so now, I mean, there's you're right. Uh, California is kind of the hotbed for... Um, for t- for the tiki revival, <laughs> although I mean tiki itself, I mean tiki <laughs> derives from a Polynesian religion, so I mean, it's all it's all, it's not it's all derivative, and you know this so tiki purists kind of make me laugh, you know, like that's not really tiki, dude. I'm like, well, neither are you if you're from the perspective of someone in Tahiti. But anyway, it was popular after World War II. Uh, a lot of these. Soldiers came back from ports of call and exotic places, and so tiki bars started springing up around the country. But before that, you had Don the Beachcombers, and you know from the 30s. So the 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 Caucasian fascination with the exotic and and Polynesia, you know, kind of exploded in the 50s and then faded away in the 70s, and then got revived in the 90s. And now it's big. And and in fact, in San Diego, California, every year there's Tiki Oasis, where I did a book launch for the Space Needlers Intergalactic Bar Guide and for It Came From Anger 18, both of which have a lot of quote tiki in them. And there's tiki in um, in the book you're reading. Uh, there's a lot of tiki stuff, so it, that permeates my work as well. It's just part of part of thrill, though, man. If you enjoy listening to Sci-Fi Thoughts, but find it difficult to remember to check the website for new shows, get this technology from the future. Install into your phone a podcast player. Using this, you can subscribe to our podcast feed. And next thing you know, you'll be cruising around in your car with your phone plugged in, playing sci-fi thoughts, or you'll be out there jogging, or you'll be doing whatever you want to do. And have your ears plugged into some cool science fiction programming. You can find instructions on lancerkind.com. Crack open that podcast player and check out the show notes. There'll be references to Bukowski and Thrillville.net. So open up that podcast player and tap, tap, tap on the show notes or go back to the webpage where you downloaded the episode.
Next episode, we hear more from Will the Thrill, the Hero. This is from Vic Valentine's Space Cadet. This is one of the chapters that's more, like I said, on the Bukowski end of the spectrum, uh, because uh, he's been slipping in and out of two different dimensions, you know, Planet Thrillville, and Planet Thrillville is kind of like a manifestation of all things Thrillville, led by Will the Thrill. So my my alter ego, Will the Thrill, the lounge lizard host of Thrillville, is now a character in this book. He's kind of a, a, a part of Vic Valentine's consciousness and possibly an alternate identity. Vic also lives in this little room in in the Fremont district of Seattle by himself, and he's old. He's not sure how he got there. He's walking dogs. Uh, he's got cash under his mattress. He's not sure how it got there. A nurse comes in once a week, a sexy nurse to take care of him, who kind of looks like his wife, who, whom he can't find, but who shows up on Planet Thrillville.